kingdom of the planet of the apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I live by routines. Especially my same-day delivery routine with shipped. Because when Sunday rolls around, I'm not scared. I got my shopper on the way with all my favorites. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com. Everybody, move your body. Now do it. Here is something that's going to make you move and groove. Hey, DJ, you're playing that song. Oh, now, on and on and on. On and on and on and on. Praise <laughs> the Lord, niggas. <laughs> Praise him every day. I miss Janae. It's Friday night and the weekend's here. I need to unwind. It's the party. Mr. DJ. DJ. Where they at? Well, actually about three, four years ago, I ran into Jean. Which one is that? The the less light-skinned one. (laughs) (laughs) I ran into Jean and she, um, she, she was singing at a jazz club. She sings, uh, she sings jazz now. Her husband is part of a band. And when I tell you she was the sweetest, she was just the sweetest and the kindest. I was like, girl, listen, I don't fangirl for many, but yo, we used to jam some Jeanne in my house. Legend. The legendary Jeanne, honey. Get your lives. Collectively. That's it. Praying that you anyway, how are you? How is how is how what's going on? Life is life in man, but life is good. We thank God for being on this side of the ground. Huh? Talk about it. Yeah, man. Um, I'm well. I can't complain. I am uh oh, I, I would be totally remiss in not welcoming you all to another episode of Jaden uh, Getting Grown with Jaden Kid, where we Rude. discuss <laughs> Exactly. Where we discuss all things adulting, the good, the bad, the ugly, the test, the trials, the the tribulations, the triumphs, and the testimonies of being a real live adult in 2018. And the tokes. (laughs) (laughs) You just took yourself out. I did. I did. I'm Sinclair. (laughs) You are Sinclair. No, don't say that. That's rude. No, it's not. Sinclair, <laughs> Sinclair is, is adorbs. Did you see there's a gif or a meme? It's a meme going around on Instagram. It's like which every every group of friends got one. Which one are you? And like Max is petty. <laughs> Khadija is hood. Regine is bougie. And I think Sinclair is, um, I don't remember. It's goofy. I think it's goofy. <laughs> I'm like a blend. I think I'm a blend of all blend. four. Honestly. I'm not a blend of all four. I don't have. I think I'm a blend in me. I do have some regime in me. Yes, you I do. do. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! You just you didn't you have do. to agree. You agreed very quickly. <laughs> I, I don't know. I definitely have some Khadijah. 
I have some. Um, you do I, have some Khadija. You would wear a key around your neck on a Figaro chain. That's did, totally you. Did, absolutely. Did. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I wear my Tims with my dresses. It's cool. Um, and I know I have some Max in me. I know. <laughs> I know. I totally have some Max in me. Max has always got snacks. Woo, Max is the best character on the show. I, I our, love Max. Fight me. Like, Ride the Maverick. <laughs> it's my coat. <laughs> Alderman Maxwell, Maxine Shaw. Attorney at law. Attorney uh, at law. <laughs> I, this is the best show ever. Shout out to Hulu. Yeah, shout for, out to Hulu. Shout out to Hulu for just just doing what we asked you to do. Now, if you get different world back in, woo! Yeah, listen, oh you all about to take out the different world. Different world is on Amazon Prime though. Okay, I have that. Right. I have every streaming service known to man, so I don't even know why I'd be acting like like I'm so hyped for one because I'm gonna get it. Totes, totes, my goats, totes, my goats. But yeah, what's going on, sis? What's going on in your world? How you doing? How are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, happy birthday to my husband. Come on, that's my brother Tristan. Everything yes. like that, right there. Welcome to Club Thirty Five. All right, Three Five. We out here. We out so. here in our mid thirties, standing squarely. How you standing doing? Super squarely in your mid thirties. Standing like, squarely. We are the median. <laughs> I was like, how does it feel to have, like, you know, like a young, hot wife? He was like, shut up, because you're about to be here in just, like, two years. Yeah, man. Y'all are so pressed. Y'all are so pressed. But we're going to let you have your grace. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I'm going to ride this young, hot wife thing for as long as I possibly can. Every every time, this nigga's going to stay older than me, so I'm just going to ride the wave. Mm-hmm. Um, you do that. But I took him to this uh, this immersive play. Like this immersive uh, performance of Macbeth called um, "Sleep No More" at the McKittrick Hotel, uh, and he loved it. He's enthralled. This nigga's trying to go back. Like, <laughs> and it's you follow the characters around. Um, you literally have to follow the characters around. You have to run at certain points. Good times, uh, y'all so cultured. You. Y'all are cultured. As we jazz. be trying. You know what I'm, I'm saying. A... We be trying to be cultured niggas. You know what I'm saying. So oh, man, the rest of the girls be going to Red Lobster. Y'all going to immersive Macbeth. This what's up? I'm out. I mean, Y'all I'll go eat my biscuits after. You know, Cheddar Bay. <laughs> Cheddar Bay. I definitely. Bay. We went to Tao after and definitely saw everybody who was trying to pose for an Instagram picture. I mean, it was it was fantastic. It was well, great. That's what you- you expect these things. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You expected a towel. We went because it was open, but <laughs> but I like when people go to things for scenes because it makes for more entertainment for myself. But anyway, how was your week? The girls be out here trying to catch the love and hip hop tapings. <laughs> yeah, and they and there's this trend now where they wear like athletic socks, like white ones with like black fancy booties. Excuse me. Yeah, I saw it yesterday. Who's doing what now? It was like a model girl. She was mad tall. She was from London. And she had on some push socks. It's like some golden girls socks. Um, and she had on some black booties. And like, like a really short ankle booties? skirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. Really high ones. But it was, I said, oh, okay, is this where fashion, fashion is just, it's just going somewhere, man. I just, you know, I'm I think lost. We're, we're going back to the 90s. Oh, it's oh, we're standing squarely in the '90s again. <laughs> Fran and I went shopping one day, and I have never seen so much velvet and chokers, Man, and floral print and fucking Doc Martens I as really, I did. 
I feel like an auntie for real, for real, because the little girls at church be wearing chokers and I be like, let me tell you something. Y'all ain't come up with nothing, nothing new. Okay. You're not here. This is not innovation. We've no. been there. We've done that. Get your lives. In multiple decades. Get your lives. I mean, the girls are out here thinking they're doing something. You dress like Blossom. Sis, we was doing it in 96. <laughs> 96. Get your life. I can pull out a picture where I definitely had on a pair of boots, a floral dress, and a, and a sunflower hat. I told, And it was lit. I told this young lady the other day that she looked exactly the way that I looked when I graduated eighth grade. <laughs> Ma'am, I want you to know that I wore this dress and a choker. <laughs> I want you to know that this is like a blasphemy. Literally, it was deja vu. I said, sis, I've had this outfit on. I had this outfit on 20 years ago. It's your life. You know what ugly trend they brought back? Um, besides so many. Besides um, all of them, but it's all right. <laughs> besides every it's last all right. one. It's all right. The, the baby t-shirt with the, with the, with the spaghetti strap yeah. dress over Blossom. it. Blossom. Like they you. used to be in Delia's. We out here. Delia's catalog. Dressing like Tia and Tamara. It's sister, sister all over yes. again. I'm telling you, go home, Roger. Nat- all of that. The whole thing. Natural, natural hair and sundresses. Yes. And Doc Martens. <laughs> I'm in compliance. I'm in compliance. I get it. I can get with some of it, but not all of it. I'd be feeling mad old for some of it. I feel like some of the, some of the fashions, I'm like, I can't. I'm not, I, I feel like, I, I told Tristan, I was like, I feel a little frustrated. Why? Because I'm in this in-between where I, don't, I can't wear some of that stuff because I feel silly. One thing that I... But then I'm not that old. Yeah, I know that I'm not that old, uh, but I feel that old. But um, one thing I don't know that I will be able to go back to are well, two things. Mules, I can't do it. <laughs> Why? I can't do it. I can't do it. I know that y'all are going to mule me down this summer. I'm like, y'all are going to mule me to death. And I know it, but I can't do it. I also don't know, don't think that I'll be able to go back to the shoulder pad. I will never go back to the shoulder pad. Like, you all can do whatever you want, and people can talk about me till the cows come home. If shoulder pads come shoulder back pads and they are, are popping, I'm never going to have it. Oh, are they? Definitely back. Oh, oh well, but I'm you not know what? While we're here in, in the land of fashion, let me just say this. I have walked past at this point three different H and M's since the whole monkey debacle, monkey sweatshirt debacle, and I gotta mm-hmm. say, tumbleweeds, you tumble, you blacks are mad at H and M. When I tell you, big mad, <laughs> mad. When I tell you, it was an echo of that joint. You can literally open the door to H and M and be like, hello, hello, hello. When I tell you, I y'all want- are not fooling. Y'all can't use Let me tell H&M. you something. There's no way at like 6.30 in Soho on a Friday night when niggas are about to go out, that H&M should be as empty as I saw it. There's there's an H&M in downtown Silver Spring. I went there last Friday. I went, there's this, okay, there's a CVS across the street. I had a prescription to pick Mm -hmm. up. Um, So I went past, I had to walk past H&M to get to CVS. And I knew that it was in, in, it was like, um, it's a larger H&M. So you can literally go in one door on one street and come out. Like you can cut through the H&M, like cut across the block. So Mm -hmm. I walked around when I was going to CVS, but on the way back, I just said, let me just walk through here because I just believe that it is dry. And when I tell you, it was literally 7 p.m. on a Friday night. And this H&M stands between a DSW and a movie theater which is usually crawling with the use. When I tell you rain, sleet, snow, 
them babies is outside raising hell. But when I tell you that that H&M was dry. Bear. Like on a Friday night, Bear. I have never in all of my African-American life seen an H&M that empty. And I'm like... Like a Tisha Campbell concert. Listen, like- listen, toilet Tisha Campbell. Y'all are mad. <laughs> Y'all are mad. And I'm just, all right, well, be mad. And H&M is saying, I'm still here, <laughs> barely. H&M, I just, I just wonder how long y'all, if y'all really, if y'all still going to be mad... And when it's in the summertime, when the when the no. beta suits is seven dollars a piece, but all them red signs, <laughs> niggas is gonna be like, all right, well the mother didn't care, so <laughs> y'all are big mad, but okay, why well, I got the key? You know, you know, H and M. Let's take out the trash. Let's do it. Okay, right. what you got for trash this week? Well, you know, there are many, 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 many things uh, that uh, we can. Um, Okay, we can uh, discuss the first being the government shutdown. Uh, the yeah, government, the IRS, right? Uh, the government is shut down, and when I, I mean, what I did not realize, um, but was brought to my attention. I want to first shout out. I would shout out to all of uh, our, uh, you know, military person serving in the armed forces, all of our government employees. Absolutely. Uh, especially those who are stationed overseas at this time, who are stationed overseas and not getting paid because of the government shutdown. Um, and because of the way I was speaking to, the, to um, someone who is uh, um, stationed in North Korea right now. And he was telling me that because of the way that the um, pay cycles were situated this month and the date that the government actually shut down, like they, they're like their checks from January one are messed up by the shutdown. Oh, so my like God. we like this is like this is a this is a this is a major major problem. Um, this is a major situation. It is a major situation. So shout out to all of I know, and we have heard we have I've, I've seen tweets um in Facebook um messages from people in the armed forces who listen to us, listen to our show and support us from overseas. So shout out to all of y'all. Um, oh, absolutely. We love you so much and we're, we appreciate, we appreciate you. your service. And even despite all the trash that's going on, um, y'all still showing up for work and we, we appreciate you. So I just wanted to say that very quick. Yeah. Shout you guys out for sure. Uh, in other news, uh, uh, Kim and Kanye, uh, had the baby via the surrogate um, mm-hmm. and named the baby after a utility company. <laughs> Chi-Town. Chicago West sounds like Chicago West Gas and Electric. A, bro- a Broadway show. I'm just saying, though, what did this, you just be like, girl, my, I tweeted this. My Chicago West bill is high as hell. <laughs> I want y'all to just cut these lights off around here. Oh, I'm going to see Chicago West tonight. I heard that's so it sounds good. like a hospital. So <laughs> sounds like it. It does sound like, sounds a, like hospital. a hospital. Where'd you have the baby? Chicago sounds West like Elementary School. It sounds Chicago West like Elementary. Um, it sounds like one of those those cop programs on like uh, NBC tonight on Chicago West. It's too much. It's, it's too much. I mean, I mean, I'm grateful. I mean, I think that young Chicago, young Shasha should be very, is, she, she, she'll be all right because both of her parents are wealthy. But, um, I mean, and I guess people are totally allowed to name their children whatever they want. But I will say. Oh, they sure are. I will say that, I, as I stated on Twitter when the news broke, that I, 
I, for one, I miss good, familiar, sturdy black names. Um, and I just feel like I'm going to name my, my, my child Grace <laughs> or I, I think I said name. Thurman. <laughs> somebody on Twitter, Thurman. somebody said, somebody on Twitter said Obadiah and I fell apart. <laughs> I fell completely apart. You, somebody named Obadiah is somebody that you can trust. What? Joe. <laughs> like that nigga is loyal. Like Good <laughs> biblical names. Caleb. I'm going <laughs> to. Name my son Caleb. I'm gonna name mine Job. So he's strong. He can endure. Okay, man. And he's faithful. <laughs> Chicago West. I mean, that's what's up. Um Yeah. Uh-huh. The baby's healthy. Yes, indeed. Uh so yeah. You know what I'm saying? Other other trash and other trash news. Um oh wait, no, this just says the government shutdown is over. Did you see um the man who tried to fight the comedian on stage? I did not. With those windmill ass throws. <laughs> Wait, what? There was a man. I, I don't know what he got upset about, but he was big mad and got up on stage and tried to fight this comedian at a comedy club. And this nigga was swinging like a wild fucking raccoon. And then when he realized he couldn't, because this nigga, because the comedian was, I mean, my nigga was ducking. Like my nigga was bobbing and weaving. Um, and dude started picking up, he picked up the mic stand swung that and then threw it threw it into the audience and then picked up the stool swung and threw that until finally two niggas got him off stage but he wasn't hitting <laughs> he wasn't hitting nothing that was unacceptable <laughs> unacceptable i was like what in the world prompted you niggas need to learn how to handle their brown liquor that's really that's the lesson that comes from all of this don't drink brown liquor if you can't handle it where's um where's all the wise? Um, I will say that as of 8 p.m. tonight, uh, Congress mm-hmm. has voted to reopen the government, according to the, okay. NN, the Senate and the House. Both have reached short-term compromises that will fund the federal government for at least another three weeks <laughs> and uh, will fund, <laughs> fund the Children's Health Insurance Program for another six years. So Trump, all Trump got to do is sign the measure into law um, and furloughed federal employees will be free to go back to work. I'm imagining tomorrow. Well, I guess January 23rd when this episode airs. So, still trash. Still trash. Trash. Basura caliente. Oh my god, man! It's just wears me. Wears me out. Um, your boy Andrew Caldwell is still out here lying. Um, what did he say? This time he said he kissed the woman. And he was like, and she was so attractive. Oh, I just, <laughs> I was like, yo, somebody take his phone. So I'm like, he doesn't wish, have any supervision. He is like, to- oh, he is totally like, he was exploited. And then he just fell into this trap of like attention. And now he exploits himself. I mean, I, cause I mean, you can't tell me that, that there's something very, 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 very wrong oh, with Andrew Cole. There's something. He needs some, they need, he needs some assistance and he needs, somebody needs to step in and be like, yo, bro, let me get, let me take this away from you for a second. Cause you're just not being responsible right now. It's too much. It's um, too much. And then the Turpin family. Did you read about the Turpin no, family? Who, who, who they? Ooh. <clears throat> this crazy white family in California that these parents 
basically held their kids hostage. Oh, I did hear about that. And they look, oh, that is, that made me very sad. I was, I Yeah, because they said the 17 year old girl looked like she was 10. Yep. And the 29 year old looked 12. The 17 year old girl is the one who escaped and she went to the police station and that's when everything went down or whatever. And they had them kids padlocked to beds. They were feeding them once a day. They said they weren't even letting them out all the time to go to the bathroom. I mean, it was just, it was heartbreaking. And I'm like, what prompts somebody to be so evil to be able to, to even, who like, how do you even think to do something like that? Like, my first thoughts always are to make sure that my kid is good. How do you go in a complete opposite direction? Like, how do you drive wrong down a one-way street? I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, what in your mind told you that this is a good idea? I just, I don't understand. Maybe it ain't meant for me to understand because I'm not that type of human. You can't make sense out of nonsense when you got some. You know what? You right. You right, sis. And on that note, you have any more trash? I think I'm all trashed out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's things the, that we can trash. talk about, but I just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. The black is hot. The black, the black is, hot. is hot. We're already. Yeah. Let's just let's just move. Let's move forward, shall we? Let's move on to some positivity. Shout out to my sis. Shout out to my sis. My sis is popping right now. Like. Shout out to my sis. Hey, hey. <laughs> my sis <laughs> is popping right now. Hola. I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> Hola, mi hermana. Que pasa, hermana? Oh, <laughs> this week, shout out to my sis. Um, we are shouting out Love Her Apothecary. Love Her Apothecary uh, is a uh, they offer high. It's an apothecary that offers hydrotherapy blends or bath salts that are infused with positive energy and gemstone essence for the healing of the mind, body, and aura. Um, combining the ancient practice of hydrotherapy and meditation, each blend is thoughtfully created to bring your physical relaxation, emotional balance, and spiritual empowerment. Each bag of hydrotherapy blend comes with a complimentary bath tea bag and meditation guide. Uh, Love for Apothecary is created by Ariel Kirkland, who is a woman's leadership catalyst and holistic lifestyle coach. Um, and Love for Apothecary was one of the sponsors for our uh, Type of Fast and Taking Care event, D.C. Show um, was. Show was. And I wanted to um, encourage you all to check her out. You know, bath time for all the girls who love a good, long, hot bath. These bath salts will actually bring you into physical relaxation and get all your feelings in, in alignment and, you know, empower your spirit. And it, it'll be amazing. Um, there and are, it's the cutest packaging. Yeah, like she has really awesome packaging. Her website is is clean. Um, Ariel is my coworker, and I know that uh, this is her business and her passion, and she's really, really um, committed to um, this holistic uh, lifestyle coaching and this bath sauce and, and self care is a, is a part of her move and her mission. Um, so yeah, all of the uh, the bath salts are awesome. They smell amazing. Um, and it's really an awesome way. And we need to do another Black Women Self Care segment. I know we can. We 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 hear you. We see yeah, you. We see you. <laughs> we fully we are fully aware that it's been a while. But yes, in in the spirit of Black Women Self Care, I think you all should check out Love Her Apothecary. Uh, I will leave all of the contact information 
um, in the description box per usual. Um, and you can share your experience online. If you share your experience online on uh, Instagram or Facebook using the hashtag love my love her, you'll receive 15% off of your, your purchase um, at uh, love her apothecary. So y'all support um, Ariel and support yes. love her apothecary and lay down in these amazing bath sauce and get your entire lives. Support yourselves. Support yourselves and support our sis. That's right. That's it. So yeah, under the sea. Oh my god. Under the sea. Under the sea, sea, sea. All right. Oh my god. Side note. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Coco? I've not, but I I watched when I watched the Golden Globes. I said that I was going to. Is it available on demand or something? Um, I don't know. I watched it on Cody, but. I'm gonna see. Maybe maybe it's gonna sell at Target or something. I'll pick up the DVD. Tristan and Noah uh watched they went to the movies to see it in 3D, which I'm super jealous. Um when I had the dinner party in Atlanta. But so the other day I had to do Noah's hair. You know, it was it was hair day. So I was gonna twist her hair. Mm-hmm. It was wash day. Her daddy washed her hair. Oh. And then I uh I sat down and I was gonna twist, you know, twist it for the week. So Tristan's like, oh, I'm gonna put on Coco while while you do her hair, and then we'll watch Coco together. And so the thing about it is, so my grandmother's from Veracruz, Mexico, um, you know, and I when he turns Coco on, it was, I mean, when I tell you, it was so, it was so pos, it was such a positive representation of Mexican culture. Yeah. Um, they used all Latino and Latina actresses and actors for the voices of the characters. Um, it was very, very respectful in uh, exp- explaining Dios de los Muertos, Day of the Dead, because I know a lot of people have a misconception of what that is. I mean, when I, it's probably hands down my favorite Disney movie. So cute. You have to see Coco. I cried, kind of. Oh, I cry. I cried for me. I I teared up. <laughs> you have to qualify you. I actually didn't cry for real. You know, I just cried a little bit. I cried. You know, you know what I'm saying? Cause, cause I'm, cause I'm a real G. Mm. But, um, yes. So you have to see Coco. If you all have not seen Coco, I don't care if you have kids or not. You got to watch Coco. It is. I mean, it has become my favorite Disney movie, and I have seen every Disney movie. We got to make Coco happen. Make Coco happen if you if it hasn't already happened. And I believe that it won. It just recently won a Golden Globe. Get good. It deserves it deserves awards. Literally. I remember because I remember. Yes, I I think I do. If we can we can refer to Googleisha, but I'm sure she will confirm because I'm pretty sure that I watched it and I remember that. I just had to advocate for that. But anyway, let's move on. Shout out to Coco. Yes. Our sis Coco. Yes, let's move forward onto the kitchen table. Gather round, ladies and gents. Hello, governor. <laughs> Can I have some more, please? <laughs> it's time for the kitchen table, y'all. Uh, we got some. We got plenty to talk about today. Uh, sister, you got some snacks, though. Nah, man, I got a good old, big old glass of water over here. I got some water too, but you know what else I got? What you I got? Have- I have um, reunited. And it feels so good. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yes, I have reunited 
with wheat thins. Oh. Wheat thins. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I just, I don't know what it is. I think I get out of the practice of like buying Mm -hmm. crackers and snacks and stuff, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I'm just finishing up a fast. You know, I was doing a fast for the first uh, three weeks of the year. That's all you was out here eating plates of broccoli? I mean, I just said that I was going to abstain from um, meat and dairy. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, just kind of get my head together and do some some focusing. And I think, you know, it wasn't that bad. But, you know, just in the spirit of, like, not eating what I usually eat, I picked up some crackers. I was like, I can eat some. I can eat some wheat thins. And, bruh, Mm, they are mm. delicious. Mm -hmm. They have that slight sweetness to them. The perfect amount of crunch. And they're like buttery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I messed around and got that sun-dried tomato and basil. Let me tell you something. I love a sun-dried tomato. When you get back on your dairy, <laughs> throw a little yeah. sliver of brie on there. Woo! Let me tell you about <laughs> elevation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's delicious. This is Yeah. Okay. All right. So we actually have like business to discuss at the kitchen table yes, today we do. because we have to come for our coins. They they just refuse to give us they don't want to pay us what we pay pay me what you owe me. They don't want to pay us. Nope. Uh we thought in the spirit of um recent events, uh namely the the story breaking about um the disparity or the great the huge difference and what Tracy Ellis Ross was being pay- is being paid for her work on Blackish, and what Anthony Anderson is being paid for his work on Blackish, um, and and you know combine that with the emails that we've gotten recently asking us to revisit the conversation of salary negotiation. We thought it would be awesome for us to just kind of talk about that. So we've talked about the gender wage gap before, but it just bears repeating. Um, According to the Hollywood Reporter, like I said, Tracy Ellis Ross is getting paid significantly less than Anthony Anderson. Um, the difference is such that T. Murder is thinking about cutting back on her appearances on on Blackish, so that she can, <laughs> so that she can be featured. She calls herself T. Murder. You watch know, her Instagram, I right? I'm just laughing that you used it. <laughs> T. Murder, you don't you don't mess with T. Murder's coins. Come don't. up off her. That's... Get your hands out her pocket. Get your hands out her pocket. You got to put her grill in right quick. Listen, okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, T. Murder's thing about cutting back on her appearances on Blackish so that she can be featured on other shows to make the coins that that you know ABC's not trying to pay her. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, you know, there's been some conversation. I saw an article on the Root today, um, or I saw the article. I saw the article today, but I think it was posted earlier in the weekend. That's you know where there's some conversation around whether or not Tracy's response is appropriate, like. Is it is it appropriate for her to, you know, not quit entirely, but just be like, okay, I'm just gonna fall back and then go get my coins elsewhere, mm-hmm. um, or is there another way that she should approach it? Um, but I mean, either way, it's easy for us to feel powerless in instances where structures and systems are not e- e- equitable and they don't favor us; mm-hmm. uh, they favor men over us. So we thought it would be useful to talk about how we could empower ourselves and share some resources and information about salaries and salary negotiation so that we can be strategic about how we navigate these aspects of our lives should we find ourselves in similar situations. Absolutely. Now, I know um, we touched on it early in the show. Um, yeah, like I think 
our one of our first either was our, it was our one of the first or second or like our early early episodes we talked about the gender wage gap yes but now we want to go into so like he said we want to go into some strategic steps um so that we can all get the coins that we deserve to get um and you know just helpful ways for us to be able to do that in a way that's organized and efficient so <clears throat> right because i think that um if we're talking about ways to respond to the issue, uh, you know, this is Tracy Ellis Ross is unfortunately not the only woman um, that has experienced this. Uh, the Root article also um, made reference to the recent film All the Money in the World that starred Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Williams. Mm-hmm. And Mark Wahlberg was paid 10 times more than Michelle Williams. I right. think he. He was paid um, around $5 million and Williams was only paid $625,000. Like what? Um, right. Which is, which is a little crazy. And, um, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning is behind it or the rationale is behind it. I know it's, it's, um, has been said that in the case of Blackish, Anthony Anderson, um, is paid more than Tracy because he is also an executive producer on the show, which is, uh, you know, a fair point. I'm not um, arguing against that, but um, if this uh, the the difference between what Anderson is paid versus what Tracy is paid, Anthony's paid versus what Tracy is paid, if it's anywhere in the vicinity of this uh, this uh, Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Williams this disparity Mm -hmm. then you know i mean man i would understand why she would why she would be upset man man and so Um, the thing about it is if you are if you do watch blackish blackish is what it is it's an amazing show it's an amazing show but it is what it is because of the characters collectively they all add to the show and they all play a huge part in adding to the show. And less rainbow, what, it's I, not going, it, yeah. it wouldn't be, it wouldn't work. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Um, she's a key it, part. She's a critical part. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can say um, whether or not Tracy's response is appropriate. I think that's for her to determine. Mm-hmm. But I do think that you know we can kind of compare or juxtapose this instance with Tracy um, and the way that she's handled it and uh, against the way that others in the industry have handled it. And it, it'll make for some meaningful discussions about do's and don'ts and, mm-hmm. and, and ways, <laughs> ways that we can, um, you know, handle our business uh, more efficiently and effectively. So I'm talking right. specifically about your girl, um, Precious's mama, Monique. Ooh. Now, I'm sure as many of you know, Monique has recently taken to the to the uh internet and asked us to <laughs> boycott the Netflix. Yes. Um, because uh they approached her about it. Did they approach her or did she I don't know. I don't way. know who approached who, but she was uh, going to have yes. a special on Netflix, um, mm-hmm. and they offered to pay her five hundred thousand dollars for it, which, and which is which is is low. 
which yeah. is slow. It's slow. I, especially when you compare, um, you know, we know that uh, Dave Chappelle was paid, I think it was 20, 20 million. million. Uh, so, now, granted, okay. nobody's checking for Monique the way that they're checking for Dave Chappelle. Like, totally. But, like, Again. I'm just... And we and I and I am not saying that uh, Monique is is not you know um, justified in feeling the way that she feels. No, I, not no, at all. There's not at all. I think that she should feel a way. But yes. I, I'm just arguing that the way that she handled herself, um, or handled or the or her response, is less than appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that it, it does make for a good, it does make for a good conversation about how, you know, what are some of the um, uh, positive or effective or useful ways to mm-hmm. kind of respond to these things versus ways that kind of set us up for um, subsequent uh, failure and embarrassment. So, um Jade and I both took to the internet and did our good Googles and research to just get some more information about, uh, you know, what are, what are some tips and strategies and, 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 and things that we need to know when we're talking about salary negotiation and negotiating pay raises and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I, I also reached out to some of my own mentors and people who I, trust and and have been have often given me valuable advice in terms of navigating my own career to um hopefully add some um insight and context for ways that we can have these conversations you know i mean you know in in other areas so like i'm thinking in academic spaces because that's that's also um that's also i know that a lot of our listeners are graduate students in academics as well um and these things may or may not um work out uh, the same way as they do in corporate spaces. So we put all this information together and put together some um, tips and, and information that we can share about how, how we can fight against the gender wage gap and kind of position ourselves, put ourselves in a position where we, um, you know, can be proactive about getting these coins. Not saying that Tracy Ellis Ross was not proactive, <laughs> or, but, but in, in, um, you know, maybe there was nothing that she could have done to prevent this. Is, I mean, I think this story just broke because, you know, no one was aware of the gap right. or the difference. But, you know, now that we know that this kind of stuff is out there, we can arm ourselves, um, with information when we go into different, um, uh, situations where we have different opportunities so that we won't be caught out there like Tracy is. Right. Or like Monique. Mm-hmm. Even though Tracy is, I, I feel like she's playing it a little smarter because she's not sitting up here making no videos telling everybody to boycott ABC. Man, I that mean, would not fare well. It <laughs> that wouldn't. wouldn't be smart. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. And I'm, we're going to get into that uh, as yes. we get into these tips. But we facts over feelings all the time. Woo! Say it again. <laughs> Facts over feelings, but okay. <laughs> Number one, the one of the, these are just some things, and these these are in no particular order. Um, no. and we we are not arguing that this this list is exhaustive or that it is uh you know a exactly. foolproof full mm-hmm. right or foolproof or anything like that. But these are just things that we thought would be useful information going forward. Um, and 
we're sharing them with you. If you have things that you would like to add, please join the conversation. You all know how we do. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, we're just going to get started. So number one, uh, talk about salary as early as possible. Um, the literature and advice and, um, I guess, uh, information that exists out on the internet says that when employers extend the offer, is the that's the best time to, uh, you know, talk about salary. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, like mm-hmm. usually you go to the interview, they either call you, they, they usually call you and say, yeah, you know, congratulations, we'd like to offer you the position. At that moment, that's the right, that's the right time to ask about all, ask all the questions that you need to know about the, you know, what standard practices at that particular company or organization. So whether it be, you know, what are your incentive com- compensation plans? Are there associated policies and criteria? Like, how you know just kind of get all the information so that you can arm yourself with what you need to know so when you make your um counter offer in terms of your negotiation you will be able to be more confident in building your case for what you need yep absolutely mm-hmm. and the number 2 take a collaborative approach uh frame the negotiations as a win-win as opposed to um going into it maybe comparing yourself to uh your male counterpart your male co-workers who you might find out let, let's say you find yourself in a molly situation right. and you find out this nigga is making a significant amount more than you but you guys are doing the same job instead of coming into it from that direction frame the negotiation as a win-win provide a value proposition be able to demonstrate the value that you that you will add have tangible proof that demonstration of what you've done and how you'll continue to add value, save money, and be profitable. So when you approach it from that direction, it's a little, it, it's a little, it falls a little easier in the ears. You collect more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. So take a collaborative approach. Right. You wanna, you wanna let the company or the organization, you know, you're framing it from the perspective of like, you know, we both win. You know, right. compensate me. I'm, you know, if you value me at what I'm worth, then I will be able to, you know, you know invest that value right back into your organization and let you know uh, and then have real receipts for like what you can do. You're not just saying I'm do this because I'm the best, but have real receipts that actually demonstrate what you've done and the value that you add. And this right here is where I believe that Monique went wrong. Right. Um, Because when you're negotiating and talking about uh, or, or providing a justification for why you feel like you deserve, um, you know, to be, to be compensated at a higher rate. Everything that you say should be about you and your performance. Absolutely. That's literally the the worst time ever for you to say, like to bring up anybody else. Right. For you to say, I want to be paid this much because you paid him that much. Like you, you just, you have to be able to prove and demonstrate why. Um, So instead of Monique saying on her video, you know, I believe like this is what Netflix offered me, and I believe that that's bogus because X Y Z because I have done this and I can do that and I will generate this or I will you know for instead of instead of her saying these are the reasons why this is inadequate as it pertains to me, she just literally talked about other people and what they've mm-hmm. done, and she did so and I mean and she said things that weren't even true for her to say that she was the most decorated comedian alive. Which is like, sis, that's like a lie. <laughs> like, you're just out here. Just stop. You're making up things now. 
Hey, we now can't. your point is being right. lost in all like, of this fluff. And we and while we agree that it's bogus for Netflix to pay you what they paid you, we can't stand behind these lies, girl. We just can't do it. We just right. can't do it. And so. I just I'm not gonna boycott Netflix. Like, <laughs> handled it stupidly. <laughs> I just feel like, mm, and I'm. It's just I just feel like it was poor planning. Like she didn't play the game. She didn't play the game. Well. No, she just got emotional. She, she got was like, "Oh emotional. my god, I have something to exactly, say." Exactly. It's like, girl, you were loud. That's why your talk show got right, canceled. Right. You was too damn loud. You're doing too much. And I just feel like so. Uh, like you said, Jade and I were talking before the show, and you you told me that Wanda Sykes came out after Monique and said that yep. she too had been offered a ridiculously low. Um, uh, rate of compensation from netflix and she turned them down and went to negotiate uh with another elsewhere elsewhere, right and she was able to do that like she was able to just she said no thank you she wasn't afraid to walk away when they couldn't meet her needs and then she was able to leverage that um and you know at another company monique she um she was actually offered i'm sorry Mm -mm. she was actually offered um less than half of what Monique was offered. Yikes. Um, and so she said, you know, imagine imagine that kick in the, you know, All right. in the in the in the well, I'm not gonna say it, but yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like imagine that. Like I was offered this, but she, we didn't know anything about this until this situation. Like Wanda Sykes right. spoke up then, like, oh wait, wait right. a second, this seems to be an ongoing problem. That's how you how you start to you start to address things, you start to bring attention to them so that people change their practices and their ways. However, when it comes to personal negotiation, that's when you have to approach it from a different standpoint. And you have to be a little bit more discreet with how you handle things because nobody wants to give more money to a person who's loud and proud they'd rather talk to somebody who seems to have some reason to them yeah emotional if you're going to be emotional you got to have receipts and monique you got to have, have no receipts, receipts. Behind it. right you, you don't have no receipts so that's all we're saying number three make statements don't ask questions approach your negotiation from the perspective of stating what you need or feel comfortable with versus asking them what they can do so in, in this case you know I, I think that this is common for a lot of women um, especially since we often struggle with feeling like uh, we're asking for too much or we're worried about how people will react to uh, what we need. So oftentimes we'll go in and say things like, um, I was wondering if you could do this or X, Y, Z, you know, or what about this or how about that? Um, it's it's important for you to just kind of go in there and say, I would feel more comfortable uh, you know, given my financial situation and my responsibilities, I would feel more comfortable at this this level of compensation versus what's been offered um, mm-hmm. because it's very direct. It's very clear. Um, you provide a rationale and, you know, you're saying this is you're, you're very st- stating very confidently. This is what I this is how I value myself and my work versus asking them whether or not they agree. Exactly. With what you're saying. Exactly. Um, yeah. So you have to be very definitive of what you're going in with. Um, and know your and that's why you have to know your worth. Absolutely. You have to make sure that you know, like Kia said, have those receipts. Do your have research. Do market Do your research. research. Know what, what is comparable in the field. Um, and you know, especially if you're negotiating pay raises for jobs that you already have, you ought mm-hmm. to be able to demonstrate um 
and and add a valuation to the to the to the work and extra work that you've done that that you feel warrants the pay raise. Exactly. Totes my goes. So number four, negotiate like a white man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. If a fear is if it, if fear is an issue and your nerves are bad, um, thinking would a white man thinking would a white man ever be afraid to ask for his money will undoubtedly help you overcome any apprehension. <laughs> a white man is never, ever, <laughs> never, ever, 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 ever apprehensive to tell you exactly what he needs. They ain't never scared, bruh. And they don't have no receipts ever. No. They are fearless. It's just like, well, actually, totally. um, yes. it needs to be this. Totally on the basis of white, of their, <laughs> them and their whiteness, they will ask you for their anything privilege. and feel no way about it. Totally. Totally. So you need to make sure that you go in there very firm, just like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, get like whatever apprehensions you have, uh, whatever, um, whatever timid things you have been taught, get over it. Yes, girl. <laughs> get over it and get in there and get your white man on. Get your white man on. Actually, um, I got this great advice from one of um, uh, my own. Um, mentors and advisors, Dr. Kimberly Griffin Haynes hey. um, from, uh, was currently at the University of Maryland College Park. She was on my dissertation committee and I just love her to pieces. I reached out to her um, to kind of just ask about, you know, this kind of stuff as specific to academic spaces and she offered some really awesome advice. This is just a part of it. I'll share a little bit more later. But she said that um, in addition to uh we often seek the counsel of you know women and women of color people who look like us Mm -hmm. um and that's great advice because you know they've navigated these spaces with the identities that we have so they can offer us great perspective and insight but it's also helpful to talk to some men and even some white men who you trust that um you know because they (laughs) they will literally give you perspective and help you to see things a way that 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 we we can't just just by virtue of how we live and exist and operate in the world um and they will they will be able to give you advice and even the verbiage and the words that you need to use like he's don't say that say this um and uh you know they will absolutely help you get over those feelings um uh, or wondering whether you're asking for too much because you know like we said they they are never worried about asking for too much and if there's a white man um, if you, there's no white men in your world that you can trust, um, cause I know sometimes that's a difficult task. <laughs> you can always come to me. I have a couple of them on deck. Huh? They'd be happy to answer any questions you have. You got to keep a couple sometimes. They're for the people. For I got a few. The, I got a few. For the <laughs> so yes, always negotiate like a white man. Be very firm about your money and seek the advice of those in which you're trying to go after what they're going after. So like, like you got to find somebody who knows what they're doing and figure out how to do that thing. <laughs> Especially in the world that we live in, it is best. It, it might be in all of our best interests to have a white man that we can trust on our personal board of directors. Just one. <laughs> because just, I mean, just one. They teach, us how to, teach us how to move in this thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Show me yeah. this. Show me this. Tell us the secrets. You know Tell me saying? the secret. Put me on. <laughs> Put me on. All right. We're moving. We're moving. Practice. We're We're practice. It's important to role play, practice. Don't let the first time you talk about a salary negotiation be like during your your actual salary negotiation. It's okay to have a script. 
this is awesome. Uh, some advice I got from Dr. Griffin. Um, the first time that uh, I negotiated, it was over the phone. Um, you know, I got the call saying I got the job offer. I was really excited. And once I thanked him profusely, I said, now about this money. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I was, I actually had a script. I had written out what I wanted to say, the points that I wanted to make, because as y'all know, since y'all listen to this show, thank you so much for doing that. I tend to get a little tongue tied and flabbergasted and flustered, especially when I'm nervous and I will um you to death. I didn't want, and, and, and so I wanted to be real confident and, and self-assured in how I had this conversation. So I literally wrote out what I wanted to say and I read it from the paper. Um, my supervisor had no idea. Maybe she did, but either way, um, <laughs> I had, I wrote it and I read it out. I read it out loud and that helped me, uh, kind of get out of my nerves. Um, and you know, it, it helped me kind of with the, with the apprehension, the anxiety that I was feeling around doing it. Um, and, and also it helps you to be very direct and to remember all of your points. Cause like you said, many of us get tongue tied and flabbergasted. Absolutely. And, you know, um, it it causes memory loss when you're in the middle of a conversation. Sometimes you lose some of those points that you want to make. So writing them down, practicing them and and having a script in front of you, um, even if you don't want to necessarily read off of it, but you want to use it as an outline, it can help you to make sure that you're remembering all of the points that you want to make so that you're getting what you want ultimately. Totally. And um, having conversation, it may not even be a conversation that you have to have on the phone or in person, um, especially if you uh, receive an offer, you can thank them and ask them if it's OK um, for you to take a, you know, a day or two to kind of think about their offer. And then absolutely. And then you can either respond um, in writing. You know, I have actually I've also or draft a formal counter offer letter. Um, mm-hmm. And uh that also takes a lot of the edge off because you literally just write it up and then you send it off and go on about your business. So um, yeah. it's a lot less nerve wracking to actually be able to write it down. But the point is to figure out what works for you and practice that. Um, uh, but don't back down because as uh, Dr. Griffin told me to emphasize this point, your base salary, especially if this is your uh, first job ever, um, mm-hmm. your base salary determines so much. Like you, you it's easier to negotiate pay raises if you start from you know like if the closer you can get to your dream salary and your base salary mm-hmm. you know it, you know it'll be easier and better off for you because if you start off really low the chances of you making huge jumps in salary are is is slim slim to none slim and then the final one number 6 think beyond what you're going to take home so think beyond just your take home pay what's going to make your life easy to 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 navigate what's going to help you with commuting vacation you um and then kia if you want to speak to speak to this point yeah so um it's all about value and yes salaries and take home pay and what we actually bring home in our checks are, are important but there are other things that we can negotiate in terms of um compensation that yep. um you know will make the deal sweeter uh things like telecommuting uh, working from home, uh, more, yeah. more vacation time. And these are for my academics, my graduate students. Startup money is really, really crucial, especially if you are um, applying for faculty positions. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when you're starting up as a, um, a tenure track faculty person, um, faculty member, and you know whatever classes that you teach, whatever uh, materials, whether it be books or technology or equipment that you need in order to 
you know, actually get started and prepare for your classes. If you don't negotiate startup money, there's a high chance that you will be coming out of pocket for that stuff. Um, same for teachers. Same, yeah, same for teachers. So if you, you know, maybe you can negotiate in lieu of, uh, you know, maybe they can't give you any more on the salary, but if they can throw some money at you uh, as far as, you know, startup pay or, you know, maybe negotiating summer salary, you know, academic positions are nine month positions. So what you going to do, uh, you know, June through August, uh, maybe you can negotiate some summer salary or some extra work that you can pick up summer salary for or even some graduate assistance or, you know, you know, people to help you uh, do your research or manage your research and your teaching load. All that stuff counts. Um, and my uh, position that I have now, um, I was able to negotiate some professional uh, professional development monies. Um, yes, professional development yeah. is always. So if I wanted to, you know, for some of the conferences, professional development conferences that I wanted to go to, I wouldn't have to come out of my pocket. There was some extra money, mm-hmm. the, like literally like a, a you know, a, a small amount of money that I could use, you know, to pay my airfare or my conference registration for those kinds of things. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there are other things if they and you you can, you should be flexible in your negotiation, firm in what you want and, and you know, be willing to say and state what you want. But understand that you know it is a negotiation so there may not be some things that you know the the organization may not be able to bend on but usually if you come to the table and you have some options about other ways that they can you know meet you in the middle they will work with you um in layman's terms closed mouths don't get fed so you gotta say it they're gonna lowball you remember that always and another thing you have to keep in mind is that companies are always going to look out for themselves and so you have to look out for yourself, but make sure you're doing it in a way that's smart. Make sure you're doing it in a way that's strategic, definitive and pointed so that you're able to, to get the, a positive outcome. And like he has said, if you're able to negotiate somewhere in the middle that makes the both of you happy, that's that's an even better plus. But we felt like it was a conversation that was definitely worth having, um, given, you know, all of the the. You know, the Women's March just happened, the anniversary of the Women's March, and we had another Women's March and, you know, the information about Tracy, Ellis Ross, and just knowing that we we just not being treated fairly out here. We have to, so we have to try to play chess with it. We got to move smart. Yeah, man. And I mean, it sucks that we have to play these kinds of games or that the game is set up in these ways that don't uh, favor us or even acknowledge our our worth or contribution to the in in the work that we do um mm-hmm. sucks so i'm not arguing or saying that you know i'm not i'm not saying that um uh, when i say we have to learn how to play the game i'm not saying that so that you know it's just it is the way it is the way that it is and we can't change it i'm no. i'm saying that you cannot change a game that you don't know how to play or that you're not playing so in order mm-hmm. for us to get into these positions we have to be strategic so that we can move and get into these positions so that we can eventually be on the other side of the table and we can start to affect change in terms of policy. Um, um, and hopefully that will help us to, uh, you know, make some more progress toward closing this, this gender wage gap, because it's really, it's just, there's a lot of, you know, it's just the system, like I said, it's systemic. It's not set up for us to win. But in order for for no. us to get in, we have to be in the, in the right positions in order for us to make the changes that that need to be made. So we gotta we gotta learn how to play the game, and I think we should just all get in here together and figure out how to do it right. Yeah, because even though it's not set up for us to win, that doesn't mean that we can't. That doesn't mean that there's not ways to try to work around that. 
you know, get around those firewalls and figure out how we can get where we need to be. So we hope that um, that anything that we said today might resonate with you. Yeah. Shout out to hey. friend. <laughs> Sorry, it's a thing, guys. Totally. Um, but we hope something that we said which would will resonate with you and might help you out. We we want to make sure that everything that we tell you guys is stuff that we implement or would implement in our own lives as well. So we don't take any of this lightly. Um, so yeah, we hope that this is able to help in some way. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said before, if there are other things that you guys want to add to the conversation, um, y'all know how to reach us on all the social media outlets and in our email. Um, and we're absolutely open if there are things that we did not cover or things that, you know, even if you don't agree or if there's something else, you know, we can have respectful conversation and, um, you know, where all, all opinions are acknowledged in, in, you know, like I said, friendly and respectful ways. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we just thought that this conversation needed to be had. We do hope that it's helpful and we can move on. Can't we? Let's move on to the honesty box. Hey. Want to find out what happens when women break the rules? Subscribe to Unladylike right now on your podcast app. The hosts do obsessive research to find surprising stories about women's lives. In the first episode, Unladylike covers a woman whose doctor recommended an abortion after she miscarried. She thought insurance would cover it. Then she got a $7,800 medical bill. They'll also take on breaking the bronze ceiling, riding a bike without getting harassed, and how to be a business witch. Add a delightful dose of feminist rage to your week. Subscribe to Unladylike and Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Casper is a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. With three mattress models, the original Casper, the Wave, and the Essential, Casper mattresses are perfectly designed to soothe and cradle your natural geometry and anatomy. Okay. <laughs> Not to mention, the breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. But the best part is that you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-a-trial. After all, you spend one-third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable. Start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper. Get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com forward slash grown and using the code grown, G-R-O-W-N at checkout. That's casper.com forward slash grown, offer code G-R-O-W-N for $50 off your mattress purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Honestly. Truly. Honestly, honestly, truly, truly, it's time for the honesty box. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. right. So, our honesty box today. Blessings, niggas. <laughs> <laughs> My kind of greeting. Jade and Kia, I'm a longtime listener, first-time emailer. I love and support the whole crew, and you all have been a major influence on my best me journey. Thank you. Kia, I would like your professional opinion regarding my question, and Jade, your advice as a mother. I am an assistant director for a pre-college program. My site is a middle high school. Today, I walked into my shared space. School is offensively overcrowded into a class of ESOL students being shown a movie about the Boston Tea Party. When Mm. I tell you that it took everything in my soul not to scream out, cut this shit off, y'all. The teacher was just an Indian this, an Indian that. I felt physically ill listening to this. The cartoon itself was a mess too. 
I want to address it with the teacher whom I truly do respect as a professional and would like your advice on how to do so. I am also a mother of a five-year-old. I am sick at the thought of my child being taught this mess. We do our part in unlearning and reteaching in our home, but I'm still flabbergasted with this shit. Thanks and love and respect you ladies so much. Oh, Lord. Thank you, first of all, for writing in. And for listening. And for listening. Taking the time out of your busy schedule because assistant director for a pre-college program. Come on, girl. My sis is popping right now. But, um, yeah, that's problematic. I don't know why this is being taught. They won't take slavery at the history books, but they don't take this bullshit out. Like, Mm -hmm. so I agree with you 1000%. What do you got to say, sis? Wait, she's asking me how she can have a conversation with, with the, with the, with the, with with the, um, with the teacher who was, who was teaching this, uh, trash. I would have a conversation. I would frame it. Okay. First of all, I think I would just be prepared. You know, if you just approach the teacher and just say, you know, this is some bull swanking. Why are you teaching this? The first thing he or she is going to say is that I'm just teaching what they told me to teach. Right. Um, it's easy for her to kind of pass the buck. Absolutely. Uh, it would be, it would be, I think that it's totally well within your rights um, to ask the question. It's just all about how you frame it. I mm-hmm. would frame it from the perspective of like, yeah, man, we know we got to, you know, we know the curriculum is what it is. But um, what about like, you know, I would just ask, ask, why are we like, you know, how, when, what ways are we teaching our students to be critical of, you know what I'm saying? Like history. we are uh, critical of history. Um, if we're not critical of history, then we are subject to repeat it. Right. Yes. So um, I would probably frame it from that perspective of like, you know, probably highlighting the ways that this is problematic and like what the implications of something like this would be. Right. Um, and like coming to, coming to the teacher with your criticisms, yes, but having like, you know, some solutions or some right. recommendations or directions of how to take the conversation. Like, you know, you don't have any suggestions about how to help me improve no. on my practice then you know it's easy for me to be like girl i don't want to hear this um and and also i would i would caution you or tell you to just be prepared for her to not be receptive to any of it absolutely but, but uh yeah i think that's what i would do i would probably say something but be very um intentional about the way that i framed it um and then you know then i feel like my conscience would be clear in knowing that i've done all that i that i felt you know, what was in my power to do. Um, and at which point I would probably, you know, it would still probably affect me, but I wouldn't feel responsible. I um, would also, um, oh, and, and, and I, and I love the fact that you want to handle this in a professional manner. Totally. It's you, like you, you, your hand, you, you asked the right, you said the right thing. You were like, I respect this person as a professional. I totally. just want to make sure that I handle this the right way. Um, so I think, like he has said, just handling it from a respectful standpoint and and highlighting maybe how to bring up to the students how this is problematic, this behavior is problematic, might be a helpful way to steer the conversation. Another thing, too, that I thought you you said the uh, the teacher was Indian, this Indian, that, so they sound just a teensy bit ignorant. Maybe bring up, you know, teaching about the indigenous 
and not the Indian. But that's just a side note. I don't know. Yeah, it might just be a case where you just just need some modeled behavior. That's it. The teacher may just, you know, just need to need to see examples or make, you know. Maybe you can come up with a list. Maybe you can ask them. Maybe you can teach a guest class and yeah. you can say, well, I saw that your teacher was teaching you about the Boston Tea Party the other day. Now, let's talk about mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. the Boston Tea Party was problematic. <laughs> yeah, because and, I mean, you have control. I mean, I'm sure within your your role as the assistant director for this pre-college program, you have some uh, some um, some say so. Yeah, like you have some power, you have some influence. There's some space where you can get to these students and kind of uh, give them a different perspective on uh, what what you know that that counters what this what your colleague presented them with. So you got some options here, and I think there's a whole lot of there's lots and lots of potential for this conversation to be super productive. Absolutely. And yeah, I hope that I hope I hope that help that helps you. And I love what you guys are doing with your child because we try to do the same thing. Unfortunately, we can't. It's it is disgusting to know that there's going to be teachers out there who are going to teach this bullshit. Um, and there's a lot more white teachers than there are black teachers. Um, and there might be people who just are not as aware of, you know, just teaching what's in the curriculum. Uh, how you know how how to twist that and turn that to something that could be more modern day and that that you know it's just kind of like well this is what it was you know um but i love what you guys are doing with your child as far as the unlearning and the reteaching at home that's all we can do we got to do the same thing i'm blessed right now because noah is in all black school she's got caribbean teachers they keep it real black over there you know what i'm saying like they discipline the kids they're not too harsh but they, you know, they put them in their place and they teach the kids and they've got their well-being at heart. Like, I'm really lucky for that. But I know that's not always going to be the case. So we have to constantly make sure as parents that we are reteaching our children. Um, that means we have to be interested. You know, we can't be on no Drea, no Drea <laughs> behavior. OK, no Drea 2018. We have to make sure we know what our kids are learning in school. Talk to them about what they're learning in their classes so that we know what we want to highlight, because kids do most of their learning at home, contrary to whatever. Like kids do a lot of their learning at home. Um, that's where they get their core learning from. And so if we're constantly teaching within our home and, and promoting that education, that's going to that's going to make them want to look into things more for themselves and start to see maybe where history can be, where we can change some behaviors that have, that have been going on in the past and are going on current day. So anyway, I think you're doing a good job and I hope the conversation uh, goes productively. Update us. Yeah. Keep us posted. Let us know. Send your kitchen table talk um, suggestions, honesty box questions to getting grown podcasts at gmail.com. You can find all of the information in the description box. Um, and let's move on to the petty peeves. Oh, let do it. Hey, 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 hey. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister because everybody know I can be real petty. P E to the T T Y, honey. It's time for the petty peeves. Peeves with petty. Peeves de pete. So, I have two petty peeves today. Um, one, because this cab driver, 
I told Kia, he almost got punched in the throat. Oh, Lord. And I mean, I had to exercise so much self-control. It was ridiculous. So I have to get this off my chest. But then there was a list. There's a listener, Petty Peeve, as well, which brought me to tears of laughter. So I'll start with mine because I'm just thoroughly angry. And then we'll go on to that one because I think we can all get a good chuckle. Um... So I'm at the laundromat, right? Mad laundry, like six giant bags of laundry. I'm doing all this shit. So I did it. Husband was supposed to pick me up. He got caught up. So I said, all right, I got to take a cab home, load all the laundry in the cab or whatever, right? So I call a cab, you know, get a, get a, get a Juno. And I use Juno all the time. So this nigga... First of all, he pulls up. I see that he's there, but he's not in front of the laundromat. So I call him and he's at the corner. I said, well, you need to either go around or back up because you're not in front of the door. I have mad laundry to load in the car, uh, unfortunately. So you're going to have to come in front of the address that I put into the field. Oh, God. Uh, I'm, I'm triggered. So he backs up. He has an attitude automatically because of that. So I'm like wheeling all the little thingies out and loading these giant bags into the trunk and into the back seat. So he's irritated with me. And there we go. It doesn't take me 15 minutes to do it. It takes me like four minutes. This nigga did not get out at all. Like did not get out of the car. I'm like, all right, you know what? If he had gotten out of the car and helped, would have been an automatic great tip for you. He didn't get out. You're not obligated to get out. You're a cab driver. So whatever. So I load up, we get to my house. He wants to park across the street. I said, you saw everything that I had to load in this car. Please go in front of the address that I put in the destination. (laughs) You're going to have to do a U-turn, my guy, but I got to get this laundry into the front door. I'm irritated with him at this point. So he's irritated with me because he's got to do this. He's got to do his job. So he goes in front of the house. So he starts talking shit. And I'm like, are you really opening your mouth and saying something to me right now? I was like, because I held my tongue. But if you want to do this, we can go ahead and do this. He tells me if I needed to carry all of that laundry, I shouldn't have called him. I said, well, let me explain something to you. I don't know you personally. So I didn't pick up the phone and ring you, my nigga. Like I called the app. I was like, and I've never had an issue with any cab driver picking me up from the laundromat and me putting my laundry in the damn car. I was like, but if you want to sit here and take shots, I was like, I think that you are a weak man. I was like, and you're lazy. I was like, because you didn't even get your lazy ass out of the fucking car to help with a single goddamn bag. I was like, so don't say nothing to me about nothing because I carried six fucking bags of laundry. I paid you for this ride. I put this shit in your car. Now shut up so I can get my shit out and stop talking to me. Go on. So he literally gets out the car and he's standing behind the trunk over me as I'm pulling bags out the car. I said, if you don't make yourself productive, then get the fuck out of my space while I move this laundry before I punch you in your mouth because he's still talking at this point and I just can't even process anything that he's saying I was like shut the fuck up before I go upstairs and it's a problem after that so 
I didn't say anything detailed. I just said it's going to be a problem if I go upstairs. So I'm unloading my laundry. At this point, I'm on my old lady shit because this nigga's pissed me off. So I'm cussing out in the air. I'm just cussing as I'm unloading all these six bags of laundry. And then I kicked his car and told him that I feel sorry for his wife. Because um, he still bad, kept talking yo. shit. He still kept talking shit. Like he kept. Why he you kept like his car. This because he came right up on my neck and he tried to slam my fucking fingers as I pulled out the last bag out of the trunk, talking about he was waiting by the trunk so he could close it. I was like, "You're really like provoking me right now, and you need to go sit back in the car until I'm done." Like that's what you're doing right now because you're standing on my neck and I don't appreciate it. Oh boy. So that was my, that's my petty peeve about these damn cab drivers. And it gave this nigga one star and I can't wait to go into a very long and detailed, I am a white woman email (laughs) about why this was a terrible interaction. (laughs) And then the second one is listener petty peeve. Let me hurry up so we can get this going because it's late. Hey, y'all love the show, but today I really need to voice my frustration with grown ass niggas who know nothing about female vaginas. My Lord, I've been dating this guy for the last couple of months. And last night I was watching Bring It On. I don't girl. I have other questions. Bring but anyway, it on? Like, I, that's why I just that's another question. Was that uh, is pertinent <laughs> to the story? <laughs> no. Yes, it is. Actually, okay. it is very pertinent. Okay. I was watching Bring It On when dude came over. When Gabrielle Union came into the scene, he made a comment something like, oh, this was before the booty eating days. Oh. I just finished reading her book oh, and I playfully responded, child, Gabby was having sex for real. Even back then, Wade ain't show her nothing new. This 29 year old man said, oh, that's why she can't have kids now. She had way too much sex. Oh. I'm super confused and I'm like, What do you mean? He proceeds to tell me that women who start having sex at an early age or who have numerous sexual partners. Where is this written? Oh, my God. Can't get pregnant. They've messed up their bodies. (laughs) Let me tell you, his uncle, what kind of uncle, your old uncle's back, back hand into the, at, at the alley behind the garage, old theology. Moonshine making. Ridiculous. I can't, uh. This the same uncle who taught him that women pee from their cl- clitoris. Shut up. <laughs> you don't pee from your... No, nigga, I don't. I don't pee from there. My uncle Chucky it's told not- me that... Uh, that uh, period comes from you know what I'm no, saying? No, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. Your uncle Chucky also told you to treat a woman's clit like a, like a fucking DJ booth, but <laughs> that's wrong too, but I'm sorry. Anyway. Father your sons. Father your son. <laughs> Father your sons. Jesus Christ. God damn. <laughs> your nephews, whatever. Oh my God. I was offended to say the least. All right, let me finish. I went on to explain to him that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> like what the actual fuck? <laughs> Virgin brides have trouble conceiving and women who've seen their fair share of dicks get pregnant every day be in almost all cases. It's nothing that the women did wrong that prevented her from getting pregnant. Besides this fucked up ass interactions, this man also thought his mom couldn't have sex anymore because she had a hysterectomy last year. Bless her heart. Bless Ooh, her. He is dumb as hell. Like how and why are you 29 years old with a child? Oh my God. And no, he's please don't pass this on and know absolutely nothing about pussy except where your dick goes. Jesus Christ, man, if you ain't never had a vagina, please do not make assumptions about vaginas. I honestly don't know if I need to buy this nigga a book or just walk away because I can't. Save yourself, sis. Save yourself. 
save yourself, save <laughs> yourself. Like, get out of this right now. I don't, I'm not recommending that you do anything for this nigga. It is not our responsibility Girl, to teach niggas like this. Because this is another level of stupid. They blame, this is another level of ignorance. They blame us for everything. They blame <laughs> oh us for God. everything. They find a way well, to make it always our fault. <laughs> like, how Never are you making me. my infertility my fault? My God today. You are the king of assholes. It's all right. Though. Oh, my God. Just a batch of assholes out there. And the really sad thing is that there are a whole rack of niggas who think just like this one. We got to just, this is why we got, this is Candy told us we got to stay prayed up. That's what she said. She told us. She did. And she told us to fly above the haters. So get out of here. Flee. Get out, get away from this man. Tell him to scram. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's beneath me. It's beneath me. You gotta show your teeth. I fly above all the haters. I fly above. I fly above all the haters. Uh, sis. Sis. Every man wants a woman. <laughs> Don't come for Candy's lower register. Joe, I, even though I laugh. I prefer it. Every man wants a woman. <laughs> Candy, Candy, Kaya, out of pocket, Candy. still stepping over lines. Candy coated basement. Oh, oh but uh, yeah, you need to, you need to eighty six this nigga immediately. Like, get him out of the paint because he's. I don't. You don't deserve at this stage in your life to to educate anybody to the degree that this nigga needs to be learned. Like, get away from him. Out of here. So I had to read that because that that took me down initially. But what's your petty peeve this week, sis? Well, we'll just keep the party going with uh, uh, the inappropriate behavior of men. Oh, joy. We have another uh, petty peeve from a frustrated working mother. <laughs> she writes, hello, ladies. First, I want you to know that I'm very proud of all the amazing things you have accomplished this year together okay. and individually. I look forward to attending a show in the future. Just putting it into the universe. Put it out there, girl. Put it out there, girl. It's happening. Um, now let's discuss my petty peeve. I recently returned to work from maternity leave, and I pump while I'm away from my daughter. Ooh. My, my my office has a mother's room that is clearly labeled. The problem is, <laughs> I am the only lactating person in the office, but I am constantly having to knock on the door and ask the men in my office to leave the mother's room. Ugh. I pump four times a day and I have to ask somebody to leave about three out of the four times. The audacity of you funking up the room with your musty pits and deadly farts while you make personal calls and check your email. Like, learn some boundaries. Everything does not belong to you. God bless a frustrated working mother. I feel your pain, sis. Like, I I feel your pain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm so proud of you for going and taking your time to pump. I see you with your four times a day. Let me explain something to y'all right quick. That's commitment. Yeah, man. Because my ass tried to pump behind a damn bar and I'm on the train at night. 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. My whole fuck, thank God I wore all black because I bartended because titties was wet, soaked because I couldn't pump and my breasts were heavy and they hurt. So shout out to you first and foremost. 
Sorry. Go on. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a mom, um, and I've not. I can't. I don't. I can't relate to this from personal experience, but it really just resonated with me because I'm just like blown away that a man would enter the mother's room to make a phone call. <laughs> Um, knowing that there's a mother on the premises who actually needs to use the room for the purposes that it was it was created. And I guarantee you, it's not new men every day she got to ask to get out there. I bet you it's the same niggas, which makes it even more irritating. What I need you to do, sis, is to gather up all of your things and get yourself to human resources. Absolutely. Uh, you got, Absolutely. You got to tell everybody within earshot that these these people are in the room and they are not allowed to be there. Like that's gotta be, a, that's the major violation of office policy. And if human races, human resources don't do nothing, call OSHA. <laughs> yeah. Somebody and then tell them, them to get a candle as well. Tell them you need a candle in that room. Cause it ain't right. It's like, bruh, it's not okay. It's not okay. And, oh, and I know what it's like to walk into somebody's old stale ass, stale ass burnt popcorn ass fart like nigga you know what you left me in Mm -mm. my baby gotta eat this milk like come on now it's not right it's not right it's not so so yeah (laughs) that's not a petty peeve at all that's actually just like niggas is living foul yeah go report them niggas and go 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 get what you are owed that is the whole basis of this entire Episode. episode that's it pay me what you owe me Act like Riley on the boondocks and write Santa a letter. <laughs> you gonna pay what you owe. Show Say, dear Santa, you a bitch price. ass nigga. <laughs> Just to back it up, you, you can hold my eyes. Now I say owe. you owe me something. Yeah, owe me, owe me back, back like you owe, you owe your rent. <laughs> owe me back like it's money I slid. Yeah. Owe me back and we can spend it again. Go ahead, do the diddy bop. Anyway, thank you for listening to another episode of Getting Grown with Jade and Kia. Kia and Jade. Um, shot, stay, Stick around for some announcements that will be coming soon. Uh, and um, oh check out make sure you guys if you're in the LA area come out to Cal State 420 weekend 421 to be exact for Jade and XD live so the tickets are free you can reserve them now um, but it is first come first serve it's on a college campus so you know it's for the people but it's first come first serve so you can go to uh, the Eventbrite link that's in the description box and reserve your tickets. Show Liz. Okay. Yeah. You guys, uh, thanks for listening. We will see you guys next week. Remember to drink your water, mind your business, moisturize, because your black will absolutely crack if it's dry. Bye. Peace out. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.